Hello and welcome back to the Marketing Freaks podcast. In this week's episode, we are on part two of our mini-series with special guest Byron Ma. We're going to be talking about generally what's going on in the world of paid media, what's good, what's bad, and some of the key recommendations for making the most out of the bigger platforms. If you haven't listened to part one, go and do that now. We're on all the obvious usual podcast places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we will be there. So do subscribe, listen to part one, and let's get started with part two. Welcome back to part two. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. So in part one, we were talking a little bit about uh, how paid media has changed over the last uh, couple of years, four or five years, you know, since you've been doing it. Um, talking quite a bit about automation. This episode, we're going to talk about kind of, I guess, what's working, what the current challenges are for people, like the tangible stuff, um, the outlook for the rest of the year, all of those kinds of things. So looking forward to digging into that. Yeah, let's go for it. We'll get the crystal ball out and make some predictions. But <laughs> I guess first off, like, how do you feel about the current state of paid media or where paid media is at? Because um, with all of those changes we were talking about in part one, which if you haven't listened to, you should definitely listen to. Um, but with all those changes, we're losing visibility on stuff, uh, on data. Um, the like the granular levers of control have gone, or in some degree have gone. Um, some of that I think is positive. Some of it's negative. Mm-hmm. What's your take? Like, do you think we're in a good place with paid media as it stands? Yeah, I think so. Everything's become more commercially focused, and I think whilst challenging stuff like attribution dropping out and those kind of things happening, it it kind of creates the opportunity for new conversations, new ways of doing things. And it kind of steers people back. It almost goes full circle with the more automation and machine learning that's come in. It almost forces you to have to have those broader business conversations of let's take a more holistic view of what are we spending? what What are we returning over the month as a, as a business? Yeah. Overall. Yes. Um, as opposed to kind of looking into the granularity of what well, GA says this, so that's the PL. You have to take a much more broader yeah. a broader scope on it now. I actually think that's a really positive uh I guess side effect of these changes is that you can't you can no longer just go and look at the ROAS in Google Ads or Facebook ads and that's what you're looking at. You have to look at, well, how is that actually impacting my growth? Like is is the chart going up? If not, why not? Um, what's the P&L view? Like you said, like total marketing spend, total revenue. How does that look? Is that improving? Is that profitable? If you, you cannot just look at the platforms anymore. You have to take a bigger business view. And that's definitely not a bad thing. No, for sure. I think it actually, um, the P&L views your real source of truth view on stuff. And I think there's been a lot of, um, different channels with different formats of, of various things like Facebook remarketing was a great example. Um, Clavio pop-ups, um, anything that comes in and is like a more of a acquisition driver. It's more of an attribution taker in the customer journey, if that makes sense, you know? So like you've got your paid campaigns on, you've got search coming to the website, pop-up comes up, drops a cookie. That's now taking full credit for the sale that happened and, paid is taking full credit for the sale that happened and potentially Facebook's taking credit for the one sale that's happened. So you've then yep. got that over-reporting of three sales and one actual sale. And I think having that broader P&L view enables you to look at something from like that, that helicopter perspective to go, you know, 
there's an extraordinary claim over here that this is 10x revenue overnight by implementing this is the actual business seeing that because it's not about perfection but you'd you will see the line go up if it's that if, if that's genuinely happened yes you would be seeing the line go up and the business would be going what have you done because we're really busy and it's great yep um so yeah i think i think being that slightly more that way minded is helpful anyway because it sort of reduces silos of different channels and it brings things to that holistic perspective to go yeah is the business actually growing or is it yep. not also brings with it the challenges that you're going to have to have different conversations with that in mind and you know your point of contact your team might not be used to having those types of conversations so you've got yep. that challenge that there's a i think there's like an education piece to happen alongside the change if that makes sense yeah big time like it's yeah absolutely we were talking about it before weren't we about it's a it's not just a platform series of changes it's like the mindset has to shift with it otherwise you get totally left behind and just not not working with it that's not a good thing so i think we're both in agreement that actually it's we're in a positive place with it all for sure yeah. um but where are people getting stuck like what what do you see as the most common challenges when you're talking to brands or clients or just people in general yeah so i think the biggest challenge that i still see in paid is is the is like what happens post click so it's not so much the campaigns themselves. Um, I don't think it ever has been to some extent either. You know, targeting and copy and stuff is obviously an important factor. But generally speaking, that's not the the bigger lever to pull. It's what happens when they get to the website. Is the page relevant? Is the copy clear? Is the proposition clear? What's the pricing? You know, like what objections do people have when they come to this website from the campaign then also more broadly in general to the business? Yeah. And one of the things... Um, which I find is like a really useful exercise for all businesses to go through is to put like Hotjar, Microsoft Clarity on the site and start to try and ask the data some of those questions to go, you know, people have come to the site. We know the targeting is relevant in the campaign. So we're, let's take like search as a great example. Someone's actively searching for the product. You've captured that person's click. They're coming through to your website. They are qualified to at least some degree to buy the product or service that, that you're offering on the site. Yep. However, they are going to have buying objections, hesitations, doubts, etc. Then what? Um, yeah. You know, so like, do you know what they are? And if not, how can you capture that data to find out what they are? How can you present that stuff so that if someone has a hesitation when the page loads, typical stuff, you know, when am I going to get it? Is it trusted? What if I don't like it? If I want to send it back, is that stuff clear on the page? Um, because if it's not, people will just bounce and they'll go to a different supplier. And yep. what you tend to find then is, you know, you can be looking under the paid media uh, lamppost to some extent for the solution to why performance isn't working, but actually the answer's over here quite a lot of the time. Yeah. And again, that is a different way of thinking and a different type of experience that you'd need to have to do that. So I think people come across that problem a lot because actually creating campaigns now has never been easier but getting performance has got a lot harder. Yeah, so. big time. And like, yeah, absolutely agree with that. There's also the chat. I think we see a lot of challenges or people getting stuck with things like just not understanding how the the data imports work or how what data you really need to get a campaign working and running properly or how to optimize the shopping feed mm -hmm. properly or all those types of things that get left behind a little bit because people still are just focused on the the individual campaigns or the like the platform tactics and i think understanding the full spectrum of stuff that you need to get right in order to have success is actually quite it's 
pretty challenging. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. not an easy task. No, and it's um, I think one of the other interesting things that's happened with machine learning and automation is that a lot of kind of historic uh, ways of thinking about even just simple stuff like metrics has changed. So the way yeah. you think needs to change as well as like what you think. So to give you an example, you know, five six years ago, um, you'd reason by analogy that the more impressions we get, the more clicks we'll get. The more clicks we'll get, the more sales we'll get. Yeah. So you then find yourself optimizing to get the most possible impressions in a campaign, which now when you enable a smart bidding strategy, the bidding strategy is trying to go, what's the fewest amount of clicks I can get? Because every time we pay for a click, we're incurring cost. So I only want to bid on the people that have the highest chance of buying. Yep. So you see some inverse in the metrics sometimes where you know, you start to roll out these types of campaigns and you go, well, you know, clicks, impressions went down, but actually sales went up because the conversion rate increased. And that kind of defies our common sense about how campaigns should perform. More there, then more there, then more there, then more there. And it's not the same, is it? No, it's not at all. You know, like same with like average CPC. Um, historically, you think, right, well, if we can get click costs down, then cost per acquisition will come down and ROAS will increase. But you yeah. might see the same thing now where you get a higher CPC, but if it's offset by a higher conversion rate, it's irrelevant. What matters is the sales and the cost per acquisition at the end of it. So Yeah, definitely. I think there's a big challenge there around very carefully considering your objectives. And what I mean by that is it's very easy to have conflicting objectives that on the surface make total sense. I'd like to get more sales, which means more revenue. Yep. So I'm going to target that on ROAS or CPA. But I'd also like to get more traffic than I did have last year. And I'd like to get more people just engaging with the site and more eyeballs on the brand. And actually, exactly what you said there, and I think this has been the case with Fate Meta for quite a long time, actually, and is now a big part of Google Ads, is that if you're targeting ROAS, let's call it ROAS or you know, sales, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get more traffic. No. And you would set a campaign up and optimize a campaign in a completely different way if you wanted more traffic. And often more sales means more expensive traffic because you're being more focused on the traffic that is more likely to buy. So you pay a premium for that. And they conflict. And it's weird because more should mean more, but it doesn't always mean more. Yeah, that's the thing. Like It defies our idea of what common sense was in paid like seven, ten years ago because it, yeah. it doesn't fit into that classic linear way of thinking and that's difficult because sometimes it does though as well there are times where yeah, yeah. where you increase the budget the impressions and the clicks go up and the sales go up but it's not the, always the same yeah, yeah yeah so um but i think in those instances as well it's why you need to have um the ability to have those more um, strategic conversations to say okay if you do want more engagement or more traffic to the website like what's the highest purpose of that like what is that extra traffic from last year for yeah because we want more people to come and see our products what's the highest purpose of people come and see more of your products because we need to get more sales because we need to get more revenue you, you can almost always distill it back into the same outputs that the campaign is trying to optimize for in terms of sales and revenue but again to have that conversation and to bring that you know, constructive challenge to a business is not always the easiest thing to do. No, it's not. But you, it's a really important point and we do see a lot of people getting stuck just on that bit alone. Um, so in terms of like what you see working, are there, what would your like two, three, you can, you can pick the number. What would your biggest recommendations 
be for someone running either paid social or paid search this year? Like, what would you say? Like, right here are the biggest things I'd recommend. Try as much as possible to start with audiences that have like some degree of intent to purchase. Yeah. Um, sounds obvious on the face of it, but it's not always the case. There's so many options of audiences, campaign formats, channels to run that sometimes you can want to just let's try everything and then see what works afterwards. Yeah. Um, Pick as, your battles. Yeah. You know, like start with. You know, what are the product searches? Are they being captured? Is that converting? Because if that's not converting an interest audience on Facebook, you're probably going to struggle even harder because you don't even have that qualification level yep. on the user. So I think you've got to start where where you've got some degree of qualification. That will enable you to troubleshoot website experience and just find out, you know, if, if I've got qualified customers coming to the site and they're not buying, can we solve those problems first and then build out and expand afterwards? Um, the other thing that I think is useful at the moment as well is to not get too too focused on trying to push for like, so let's say you've got a, a an account, whether it's Meta or, or Google um, in your core market, you you will naturally get to like a plateau of performance where revenue return is stable and you're struggling to scale it. And I think at that point, my personal approach then is to go, how do we start setting up again next to it? How do we go to a new territory? How do we yeah. add a new product into the mix? What are people looking for that's associated and and and, and try and build next to it and just ring fence that performance and protect it because sometimes fighting so hard to get like an extra 5% on something that's already working when it's reached that plateau, you can burn a lot of spend in testing when actually getting set up in a different market can bring a lot of new revenue into the business. And yeah, grow that that's way. really about knowing when to not hold or fold, but this is where experience kicks in, isn't it? Because you'll know when you've hit that ceiling and you need to do something else, but also it's really bad if you haven't hit that ceiling and you're getting, you've got something that's working, you're not maximizing it, maximizing it, and then you're branching out beforehand. Yeah, that's not ideal. You're not being efficient either. So no. knowing when that point kicks in and being able to recognize that is a big skill. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's that thing again, It's it goes back to strategy. It's the difference between yeah. having a plan and having a strategy, like being able to say, we could do this here and we could fight for that extra 5% and we're aware that we could do that. Or we could go and do this and they're both opportunities and they're both potentially problems to not take at the same time. But what's the better problem to have? Do you want to spend a load of time, resource, focus, ad spend, whatever it might be on trying to get that 5% or is it more valuable to the business to try and get established in a new market like US, Australia, Ireland, wherever it might be? Yeah. Um, and the answer varies and that's for obviously that's the interesting discussion to have. But you can't see it on like there's a right or wrong thing to do. It's that it's that approach of like I know there's five more percent here, but it's going to take however long of time, months, energy, ad spend to try and get that extra 5%. Yeah. When actually we could build to 60 over here based, yeah. on, based on what we've already learned here as well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, but it's just so nuanced, isn't it? And it just plays into that point. No ad account is ever the same. And you have to really learn and test and experiment to find out what's going to work on each individual in individual um, account. For sure. It's just always different. So how do you see the rest of the year playing out? Like, what do you think Q4 is going to be like this year? Because there's not really been a quote-unquote normal year for a while. Mm. Like we had COVID, then e-commerce went crazy, um, cost of living quite... Like, there's just loads of stuff isn't there always going on so what do you think what's your prediction for q4 this year 
are genuinely as unhelpful as this is an answer. I literally don't know what to expect. <laughs> um, I think based on what I have seen in the last couple of years, Black Friday every year seems to be something that declines in terms of performance. You always see it an yeah. uplift, but it's not as mental as it was. Yep. You know, um, I think people shop around more. I think people are savvy to to sort of big discounting on 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 products, and they're not that concerned anymore. It's more about what's the best product to buy. Why would I buy from this business? Like normal purchase objections as opposed to just the cheapest cheapest price. So I think as always every year, I think now is the time to start planning what you're going to do because you want campaigns at least mapped out by start of September. Yeah. Campaigns created to avoid rushes. But again, you know, thinking back like five years ago, there was a point where if your Black Friday campaigns weren't made the week before Black Friday, they wouldn't get through ad approval. Yeah. <laughs> and that oh, was always yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not saying that for a long time, but, you know, just just being prepared, I guess, and then, like, being prepared to pivot as well if something's not working. Yeah. Um, my approach for peak is always to build big and then cut during peak period, let's say it's Black Friday weekend, rather than trying to build new stuff because every time something goes into approval, you've got four to six hours at least to wait and you're just missing out on opportunity. So... I tend to, to make a massive campaign if it's if it's if it's meta, um, with every possible eventuality that I think might work on it, and then I'm just turning stuff off and just cutting off what's not working rather than trying to implement new stuff. You know. Yeah, I think that scenario planning is really key because I think this year will be lots of different uh, products or sectors. Well, I think they're all it's going to be a real variety and mixed bag, and being able to adapt really quickly, I think, is the most important thing. So. Yeah, having scenarios for, okay, it's going better than we thought. How do we scale this and make the most of it? It's not quite going as well as we thought. What do we do? Uh, that, I think, is big. Yeah, for sure. As a as a thing. Because it's, it's going to be different, that's for sure. And like you say, I think Black Friday is not quite as big as it was. Or it's more extended. Yeah, it's more, perhaps. slightly more drawn out. So the, that massive like spike isn't quite as pronounced it's more of a it's like a couple of weeks now isn't it more of a hill yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's, and then you see it like more into the start of december i think as well it's just general peak periods yep um as opposed to like you say like before it was like the massive boom and then would just really tail off it's more of a just yeah just a gradual tool sort of shipping time stop for christmas really isn't it generally speaking yeah i also Um, wonder how many retailers will decide not to do it this year hmm because if you look at right, you obviously cost of advertising, reduced margins. Because if you want to stand out in Black Friday, your discount's got to be decent. Otherwise, no one's going to bother. Um, so when you take everything like that into account, is it is it worth it? And I think if you've got ecom brands um, or retailers who are you know looking at tighter budgets this year. The margins are already squeezed because of increased costs and you know everything else that's going on. Will there be more brands not partaking? Yeah, potentially. I over think, that particular weekend. Yeah, I think as well, just to add on top of that, even though it's enough to deal with on its own, is um, you are at a place now because of automation where everyone's going to be running a Google Ads Performance Max campaign, a catalog campaign in Meta. Everyone's got Shopify. Everyone's got Klaviyo. You've got such comparable tech stack and tactics that the person that's going to compete best is the person that understands the customer the most, which yeah. has gone full circle back to uh, yeah, traditional marketing because, you know, that is where you're, that is where, where you're going to compete because you have all the same tools as everybody else now. You know, those who are going to win the, win the most are going to be the ones that understand the customer. 
when they come to the site, what are their buying objections? How do we address them in the best possible way? Yeah. To, you know, and to having planned all that and dealt with that all beforehand. Before, before peak, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. But it'll be interesting. And uh, kind of, it'll be interesting to kind of look at the trends this year versus last year and um, see what's kind of working. But um, look, Byron, thank you so much again for popping down. Like two brilliant chats. I'm sure everyone's really enjoyed it. Um, and hope to see you at some sort of event or shindig or something soon. Yeah, hopefully see you again soon. Thanks for having me down. I really appreciate it. And it's um it's been great to see you in person again. It's been like it's it's been a while. It's been too long. <laughs> it's been way too long. But yeah, thank you so much. And uh yeah, really hope everyone who's listened to these two episodes has has enjoyed them. Uh please do subscribe and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please do come and subscribe. Join us for future episodes where we talk about the ins and outs of running paid media and driving improved conversions and revenue for your business. See you next time.